if you're looking to go into film and you're not sure, don't. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if you're not sure, and I don't mean your head's uncertain or your gut's leading you wrong because of anxiety, I don't mean that. I mean, if you're not sure, if your heart isn't leading you towards film, don't do it. This is a bit of a different one. I think you don't start off with Adam Sandler as the main network. We just lose all our followers. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> You are now listening to Film Fluence. Hey, guys, 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 guys. We are back again, as always. But this time, <laughs> you're going to find this episode a lot more chaotic. And there's a reason for it. We'd like to introduce our friend, Nico. Nico, would you like to say hi? <laughs> hi, I'm Nico. Um, I don't know why I've been invited here. I don't do anything to do with film. I work at Tesco's down the road. Um, no, I, I'm Nico Ferrari. I run a small production company and I go to a rather well-known film school whose name I probably should not disclose. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. There we go. Right. Um, so, Nico, we have a lot planned for you today, as you can tell. Right. Um, this is terrifying. It also sounds more organised than ninety percent of the shoots I've worked on. So it's not. It's not. Right. Nico came here by his own choice, and we did not threaten him to come here. He just decided on his own mm-hmm. that he wanted to join us. If um, if if my parents are listening to this, <laughs> please come save me. Um, they're not asking for much ransom. It's just a tenner and a meal deal. Please come rescue me. I don't want to be here. Oh my god. Um, yeah. No. No. We're not dangerous. We're not dangerous. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, we're saying. saying that. We're saying that. But the game we're about to get to is a bit dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> oh no. Right. If it gets you blacklisted, I'm going to change my name. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Let's hope we don't get blacklisted. Um, these, these, so. these are not, I should specify, these are not the opinions of my company. Any opinions uttered are mine and not my company's. Just to cover all my other employees, just to cover the other employees in case I get in trouble. Yeah, blame Nico and only Nico. Um, <laughs> so... We're going to be playing um, our version of Shag, Marry, Kill, the more appropriate version. We're going to be playing um, Hired, Fired, and the other one because we couldn't decide on <laughs> a third rhyming word. <laughs> okay, it's just there's three of us. Um, we'll right. have to take it in turns to ask the other one. So, Katie is going to ask Nico first. Wh- which one's Shag, which one's Marry, which one's Kill? So, Hired is Married... Fired is obviously kill, and so... Right, right, so the other no. one is shag, all right. Yeah. Wait, yeah. am I it's even, just like, like, celebrities yeah. or, like, yeah, actors yeah. or... And any three celebrities, I guess, right? Give him hard ones. Hard ones. Or make him suffer. Okay. Torture him, Cody. Torture him. <laughs> It'll be hard to do that. Margot Robbie. Oh, we um, know what he's going to pick for that. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Hang on, this is, this is hiring, this is hiring, just so we're clear, not shagging, so... Well, no, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> hiring is marrying. Yeah. Margot Robbie, yeah. Aniston, and Angelina Jolie. 
Oh my god, we all know where this is going. We all know where this like, is going. Right. So hiring. So if I'm actually hiring them for a film shoot, I think they're all amazingly talented actresses. I think very good. It depends on the nature of the shoot, but I'd probably go for Margot Robbie right now because of sheer bankability and mm-hmm. perhaps longevity. <laughs> He didn't bank, say that. Bank, bank ability, as in marketability. Because, for example, Jennifer Aniston and Angelina Jolie have been in the industry for a bit longer. So, for example, they are recognised as established names, as is Margot Robbie. But Margot Robbie is currently just probably entering the beginning of her career as an A-lister. So we've only really been in the A-lister Yeah, for a few I years. would say she's quite diverse as well, yeah, though. Exactly. And I'd say probably, I'd say she, a film with her in will kind of hold traction for 30 40 years mm-hmm. i'd say um whereas aniston for example i think jennifer aniston is early 40s so you're kind of already just it sounds quite rude you're you're losing a small fraction of relevance just because of those extra years i don't know that's really 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 cruel but i go for margaret robbie because yeah She's trending at the moment. She's trending. Exactly. I I, I think that's a better way to put it. She's trending at the moment among the youth culture, whereas Jennifer Aniston is more popular among millennials. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then, I would would fire (laughs) Angelina Jolie because, yeah, I fire Angelina Jolie because even though I love her, I love Jennifer Aniston. Like, I'm sorry. I said Margaret Mm -hmm. because of the money that would bring in, but Jennifer Aniston, I said Margaret because of the money it would bring in. But Jennifer Aniston is one of my favorite actresses ever, so I'd have to put her for the other one because, like, there's no way I. Could I didn't know we had that Jennifer Aniston. She's amazing. Like, you know, except for Friends. Friends is dreadful, but <laughs> Jennifer Aniston is an amazing actress. No, I didn't know we had that in common. Like, our first four episodes were basically about Jennifer Aniston by accident. Jennifer like, Aniston, by accident. she's a very talented actress, and I mm-hmm. think isn't she? I love it's, her. It's it's. it's in comedy, I think you see a lot of really talented actors, for sure. I think the comedy mm-hmm. genre, um, short of rom-coms, you tend to, the people that we think of instantly tend to be, other than Melissa McCarthy, you tend to be thinking of uh, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. or Will Ferrell, and Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. It's a very male-dominated genre. And yeah. Jennifer Aniston is very much an exception to that rule. I think she's worked in both dramas and comedy, and she's been mm-hmm. brilliant, absolutely stolen the show in all of those even when she works with some amazingly talented people like Jason Sudeikis um, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Jason Bateman. She's worked with some amazing actors which she's always shone through. So, you know. He basically just summarised like, our first four episodes. <laughs> no, you just summarised right, our first four episodes. I dragged out way too long. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to start being a little bit quick with my answers. I've probably dragged out way too long. Yeah. Nico, now you're, you're going to ask me. I'm going to ask you Shag yeah. Mary Kill. No. Hired, hired, fired. And the other one. But it's basically Shag Mary Kill. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, right. So and they have to be people in film, right? Yeah. I can't just go, oh my upstairs neighbour. Um no. <laughs> no. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know why I need to clarify that. I thought it would be funny. It wasn't. Um anyways. <laughs> okay. Johnny Depp. Hmm. Wes Anderson, Sam Raimi. I don't know who that last one is. I'm sorry. Directed Doctor Strange and countless other films. Very successful. Mm. Okay, I'll give you another one that's easy you might recognise. Um, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Roger Deakins. 
Okay. I would probably fire Roger Deakins. Sorry, mate. Um, sorry, sorry. I, I think you've just like been, you know, slaughtered by every single aspiring cinematographer in the world. <laughs> it's not my fault. I'm just like more familiar with the other two's works. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's, okay. it's no hard feelings. It's not personal. Um, and then I would obviously hire Johnny Depp because, I mean, that, talent, baby talent. Fair that enough. man is talented in every single way. Then I would obviously, you know, have Wes Anderson as the other one because I love his color grading. I love the way he films things. I it's just beautiful. I don't know. You, you know, you know, he's not a colorist or a cinematographer, right? He's the director. Yes, yeah, yeah. I do know that, but <laughs> he has to. He has to have the vision. He has right. to have the vision. That's what I'm talking I'm about. Get, I'm never going to get a job in the industry. I've just basically called out my hero and my other hero, and yeah, it's great. <laughs> Wait, so Keanu's your hero? Yeah. <gasps> Thank yeah, you, Nico. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. I, you. I'm trying to keep it quiet this entire time. <laughs> I told you he's a fan, Cody. I mean, look at my birth chart. <laughs> I'm just being like such a pillar from this recording, honestly. <laughs> okay, and so I think it's my turn to ask Cody. Cody, Cody, Cody. Um, okay, and I can't even use Nico as one. Sorry. Sorry. Please use me as one. Please use me as one. <laughs> Should I actually? Or are you just a fan? Are you just a fan? <laughs> just a fan. Yeah, just a fan. Oh, right. Um, okay, I'm going to go for... Oh my God. This Me and Cody are the worst at names. This is the worst part. Like, she had to search up who she was looking for, and now I've gone blank. Probably not the best game for you guys then, is it? <laughs> None no. of our games are the best games for us. We're terrible at games. Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey... Steve Carell and Baz Luhrmann. Sorry, babes, I had to do it. All right. Well, I'm going to fire um, Baz Luhrmann. Oh, well, uh, oh, actually, Jim Carrey in the other one because I do, I do like him. But I've heard that he's quite hard to work with. So I was like, okay, if anyone's listening, um, Jim, I, doesn't Perry, mean it. I don't mean it, Jim, please. Cody, you're really bothered after after Kiati's just basically said she doesn't know Sam Raimi and doesn't like Roger Deakins. <laughs> I didn't say I don't like Roger Deakins. I didn't say I don't like Roger Deakins. I just said I don't know that much about him. He is the greatest living cinematographer. I would, I'll have to agree with you because I don't know what he's done. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. okay. Anyways, I'll stop. Talking. Jim Carrey. I, I mean, not that he's problematic, but I've just heard like I've heard so, some stories. But I do love him anyway, um, and I think I'll just hire Steve Carell because that seems. Poor like Baz Luhrmann. He's crying in a corner, just like me. Um, <laughs> this, this is going to get me in trouble. Who's Baz Luhrmann? <sighs> <sighs> And you're mad at me for not knowing Roger Deakins. How? <laughs> Hang on. Do you mean Baz Luhrmann? Is he just trying to emphasize the words? No, 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 Like I was genuinely confused because even then I've heard the name Baz Luhrmann, but I have no clue who he is. Okay, he directed Romeo and Juliet and The Great Gatsby. That was F. Scott Fitzgerald. Shut up. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to. Genuinely, I had no clue about Simon was. That was not like a bit. I actually don't know. And now oh, I know. Thank you. God. Good. Good. <laughs> I'm educating Nico. Nico needs to be educated by me, That's not the other way around. Educate Essex, then educate Nico. So, as you can tell, we're still not good at games. And even with Nico, we're worse. <laughs> yeah, Nico, like Nico made us worse. I'm so sorry. He's a terrible influence. Oh, God, guys. Oh, just kidding. Uh, what am I? <laughs> okay, so continuing off our chaos, again, worse with Nico, as you guys can tell. Um, don't blame us, blame him. That's what we're going to say. That's going to be a consistent thing throughout this episode. <laughs> blame him for everything. This is a special guest treatment that everyone else received. Honestly, I don't know how you guys are going to get any more guests after this. It is criminal. It is criminal. <laughs> but yeah, so now what we're going to do is we're going to head into like Nico's influences and his introduction into like the background of his career and things like that. And we're going to get into all the fun, juicy, secret gossip stuff, basically. Um, so Nico, take the stage. Take the stage. Right, amazing. Well, yeah, okay. So I think, well, much like Kiati and Cody, I'm from the same town as Kiati and Cody. I don't know if people know what that is, so I'll just leave it as I'm from the same town as them yeah. uh, my entire life. Um, and I was raised to uh, quite a strange sort of family, I guess. So my I'm mixed race. Uh, my mum's Indian, but born and raised in Africa in the Seychelles. And my dad is very white, uh, a cathedral anemic ghost. <laughs> um and he's also from africa uh from seychelles so i kind of there's part of the culture there is very much if you leave you leave for education and a huge part of the pressure at least for my mum was to get a good education so i got into a grammar school when i was in secondary school and i spent my entire life kind of wanting to be a doctor not a doctor sorry not a doctor what i'm saying a lawyer my parents wanted me to be a doctor i spent all my time kind of wanting to be a lawyer and um i started watching the show suits and I loved, I loved it. I still love suits. Like, no, but I, I spent my entire life kind of wanting to be a lawyer from like year two through to about year nine. Um, and then, you know, I loved the show suits and I was fascinated by filmmaking because of it. And um, then one day, I think in year seven, I was asked to do a task project, which is essentially just a school project for geography where you have oh my God. a creative outcome. And mine was a, I wrote a script that we decided to perform there and then. Um, and I wrote a parody for a music video. So I parodied a music video or um, making a music video about mining and a script about being trapped in a mine as an African child. Wait, um, it was, it was that was my, no, that was my introduction to Nico. I knew about him because of that. Just so clear, I met Kiati about six years after that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never that. met him. Wait, wasn't I, this like the song that was? Yeah, yeah, the, the Let It Go one. The Let It Go song. That was when I was twelve, and I had fans already. So, oh, oh my god, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. No, so yeah, um, so I made that, and it was it was terrible, but I found it. I enjoyed making people laugh. I have the recording somewhere. Please never, never air it. Disastrous. <laughs> But I did that. I did that same thing, but with different concepts. Three years in a row, and by the third year, we went big production value. We built a set and started getting. We bought an ET doll and we started throwing it at stuff from nowhere. It had no relevance to the entire thing. <laughs> but we had five of us rock up in suits and pretend to be founding a hotel chain in our Lovely. episode three. 
Lovely. And we made episode three, I decided, because I wanted to kind of, you know, it was my last year doing geography and I wanted to kind of take the mic a little bit. I signed up for a filmmaking group because I was really interested in filmmaking because of those projects. And that filmmaking group, um, I stayed there. I started going there every single week. So in year 10 when I did DOB, I made filmmaking my, my skill. And I kind of kept doing it even while I had law in my head my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it made me fall in love with filmmaking. I guess that's pretty mm-hmm. much kind of where I got my start. Do you guys want me to keep going into kind of how that led to where I am now? Should we do a bit of our background on Nico? Yes, please, please. Just, no, just yeah, for... You guys talk. I don't want to hear you. Okay, do you want to go first on it or should I? Wait, what are we doing? Cody's known, for, Cody's known me for longer, so I'll probably go for Cody. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I met Nico about two years ago, I think. Um, we actually met at the film group because I was doing my work experience. Um, and we've just been best friends ever since. It's really it's just been. <laughs> I'm feeling so left out right now. Oh my god. Oh. Um, Am I being left out here? Am I being left out? Cody, do you know what? Go for it. Tell them the real story of what happened after we met at film group. What <laughs> okay. really happened next? <laughs> that actually ties right into my point. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> so basically, um, I met Nico at film group, and then he stalked me and found my Instagram. <laughs> Not really. I I did try to slide into her DMs though. <laughs> I knew about that. And then, um, then you I, were the one who told me, Nico. Yeah, then probably. I, then I friend zoned him, I think, and we've been besties ever since. Um, yeah, genuinely, we're mates. We are actually yeah, mates. like I'm not being sarcastic. Like, being like, oh no, I just. Sleep. I only cry myself sick thinking about what could have been like. <laughs> so he's finally no, getting over the rejection after all these years. Finally, after years and years and like talking like no, uh, yeah. So I tried signing into the DMs because I was a 16 year old kid and thought it would be funny. Um, <laughs> um so we've already heard how i met nico how i knew about nico through the grapevine his let it go song and he went to school with quite a few people i knew so well, mutual contacts mutual contacts yeah and so I, i'd always kind of heard about him in the going <laughs> and, I, and the I shit he got no, up to i'm not gonna lie i had no clue you existed like <laughs> really no, I'm not sure about I, that, I kind of kept myself to myself in technical school yeah yeah, about yeah. Me because of me I'm a big no fan i would always get i would always get updates um about the shit you got up to so that's so yeah. weird that i can't lie what what are you hearing Oh my god! I would always hear about like the the music stuff you got up to, or what you used to do in primary school, or I, I don't know. There was a there was a lot. Nico, do you want to think? Do you want to like think about restraining orders or anything? <laughs> like just a clip. We didn't meet until I was seventeen, and you've heard about it since I was eleven. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that is, that is yeah. strange. I always the thing is I didn't know who you were when we met. Okay, this is okay, this is a funny thing, right? So when me and Nico met, we met on a film shoot with um the company that Cody I'd already done work experience with the same company like years before Cody had done it there. And so I was <laughs> No, I, no, I'm saying that me and Cody did work experience at the same place. Duh. Right, that, by the way, just just a little plug. Uh, I don't know if we can say the company's name or not, but if we ever do get around saying it in this podcast, they've been amazing. They got me my, yeah, they have. Yeah. my business partner has done work experience with them. 
they've pretty much gone we love them all three yeah. of us as well as the, my, the entirety of the staff at my company yeah. um all three or four of them have all come through that company so big ups to them whenever you guys want to say their name of mm-hmm. course yeah so i did work experience with them and so i like obviously we're still kind of floating around somewhere and then um I think so it was after BFI I did a film shoot and Nico was there and I don't you came up to me when I came up to you it was one thing or something and you were like to me oh I've got someone um my age here and I was like oh my god I thought you were like 20 something I thought you were so much older do you remember that yeah because you were sitting with a group of like five supporting artists and I was yeah yeah. I was a lighting trainee Um, I think you were a runner that day as well yeah yeah, I was I was lighting training, so I was, I was runner, but we I don't think they had uh, enough people in the lighting department as they moved me mm-hmm. lighting. And mm-hmm. I was just because I was the youngest person on the set, and then that set on the first day, and then on the second day, all the supporting artists rocked up. And I was like, oh my goodness, yes, yeah, like, yeah, someone I can relate to who I don't feel like I don't feel like their child. Um, yeah, it, it's bizarre, um, you know, being with some amazing experienced people, and I'm the only one of my age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so. I was like, no, I'm younger than you because I had this thing in my head, individuality complex. I'm the youngest always. Um, I am a month younger than him. I am. I'm a month younger than you. Are you? Yeah. Right, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'm a month younger than him. Um, and we were with a certain group and me and him were the only ones from the same area. And so I found out that I'd finally met Nico, the one I'd heard about for <laughs> years. Right. I was like, oh my God, you're that Nico. And you're Do like, yeah, I'm life. that Nico. I yeah, I think I think you're you're better than the hype. Can't lie. Right, mate. I, I didn't just go, by the way. I didn't just go. I'm that. Yeah, I'm that. Heard <laughs> of me? No, I think you gave me stories. I was like, yeah, that's me. That, that's me. I, just, I was really weirded out. I didn't just go. I yeah, that's me. I don't even feel my autograph. I don't know how I put two and two together. I was like, I don't know. I think you said your name, and I'm like, wait, you grew up near me. I think. You're this person. You're like, yeah. yeah you asked yeah. about um, uh, one of our mutual friends, and I was like, oh, yeah, right. yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I just kind of spent the whole day with Nico, and he just had to tolerate me. Basically, that's how I got to know Nico. Hang on, just, just so I can still get jobs. You spent the entire day with me when I wasn't working because I take my yeah. Very no, because you you ha- no. Do you I'm not remember? You are. <laughs> you are. But no, do you not remember that you had to? Um, you had to come and be a supporting artist as well in the end because yeah, there wasn't did, enough something. And uh, yeah, they, they saw me and they were like, you, you look amazing in front of the camera. No, that's <laughs> not the reason. I was part of the reason you had to do it. I was part of the reason you had to become yeah, a supporting yeah, exactly. artist. I don't, I didn't know that. What happened? I actually haven't. Oh my God, that. I just remember. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know this. Oh, because, um, okay. So me and, um, what's his name? Voldemort, me and Voldemort, let's just call him that because I am not mentioning his name. Um, me and him were on, we were meant to be together um, in the shot. And so inanely childish, I'm sorry. Like, it was just like, yeah, I've grown up so much since then, absolute respect. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. Um, no, so me and him, were, no, in the shot, we were meant to be like a couple or something at this concert. Um, and so we were walking together and obviously no one was very happy about that. So they had to separate us and there wasn't anybody with him. And so that's why they called you on to become a supporting artist because they had to have someone with him. I, I didn't, hang on. 
I wasn't coupled up with him, like, doing this. I wasn't, yeah, you were. I wasn't coupled up with him. <laughs> yes, you were. I just happened to walk in the same direction as him. Oh, my goodness. No, you were put with him. <laughs> Did you not know that? Right. No, I didn't. But that that's cool. I mean, to be fair, all I remember is I was given a direction. Then I'd run and help do a lighting setup. Then I'd run back. Like, I just remember doing that. And it was really oh, no. because I was, uh, I was genuinely learning so much. There were yeah, some really yeah. talented people on that set. No, there definitely were. I really love that set. Like, I remember the, like, the neon lights going on. It was so much fun. I had, like, the time of my life. It's but cool. um, yeah. It's genuinely and also, so much. Yeah, and I think that it also taught me that when someone is causing disruption, <laughs> that you have to move away. No one's bigger than the sheep. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was just kind of very problematic being <laughs> with that person. But um, yeah, <laughs> that was my... You, you've grown a lot since then, to be fair. So absolutely. I really appreciate that. I don't know Thank if it was you. just... Because even me, like I know that I tend to be quite a big personality around people of my age and around anyone. I'm quite a big personality. But, and I, I felt like maybe that was part of what it was. And you've still kind of mm-hmm. kept... You're still a big personality, but you're not... You, you you're you're quite mature now, so you know, oh, thank you. you thank you. You really appreciate that. Misled. <laughs> I was. <laughs> but yeah, so our stories getting one, to know Nico were really fun. Two of you still employed. One of the two of you is still employed by that people running that shoot. So you know. <laughs> 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 no, no. Uh, the contact is cut with that person forever. So. <laughs> I'm really hoping that, you know, right, I no, very probably thankful. shouldn't bring any more drama into this. Just yeah, yeah. The company that ran that shoot. Yeah, yeah and definitely. the whole system in general, because, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not mm-hmm. respectful, to be fair. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. They handled the whole situation really, really well. Um, you know, so props to them for that. They really did really good on it. And... such a future right now. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was obviously our weird stories about meeting Nico. Uh, <laughs> Like, they're just coincidence, coincidentally, right. as you do. And yeah, so obviously it was fun. We've had fun with Nico ever getting to know him since. And yeah, I'm just seeing him grow. And so obviously, Nico, let's talk about how you even started. You know, right. so obviously you started from Film Club, you were talking about that. And you're talking about like your influence into it before. But like, you know, what were like your, did you have any people that influenced you whether it was in the film industry or outside the film industry like what was going on there sorry literally just came into my house sorry um right um yeah so i mean look so i I kind of covered up to when i was in year 10 and i was getting really into film and so i developed really bad i've had really bad anxiety my entire Mm. life but around year 10 i got really bad panic attacks i ended up being medicated for about a year and um, in that period of time i realized that academics paperwork and sitting around doing nothing or sitting around at a desk all day which funny enough is what I do right now just in different industry wasn't really for me and um, mm-hmm. I, I knew how much I loved film and I kind of I'd worked on a couple of productions with some other people from film group one of whom is a guy called Kieran Wayne well happily plug uh, a good friend of mine amazingly talented of our age and um, I'd worked on a couple of sets and I'd kind of the only time I wasn't having panic attacks and being ridiculously anxious was on set. So I figured I needed to kind of pursue this film thing further. And uh, yeah, I kind of stuck with it. In year 11, I was offered a place for a few schools, including some top-notch grammar schools, um, which you know, 
yeah um but i chose instead to go to globe academy which is this amazingly progressive media school um where i focus on advertising and marketing and visual and i learned to be a videographer there so i kind of spent a lot of time as a videographer i my first shoot i did was for a company called home i was a production assistant i have no clue how that shoot and then i was helping to conduct some interviews with that and i did that summer of year 11 when i was 16. then two months later i joined global and i ended up running shoot just like that on a smaller scale at LinkedIn local and that's where I met my current business partner um, and I guess kind of it's all kind of spiraled from there from that love of film and from my own anxiety kind of forced me into the path that I'm on right now no I like you know I basically went through something really similar around the same time actually um, bro she's crying she's crying <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. Um, <laughs> no, um, I went through something really similar around a similar time as well. So year ten, I think it's a universal experience where it was like the worst yeah. time of everyone's life, you know. Um, and I was like, you know, having like I was really depressed that year. It wasn't really very nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still kind so, of I'm still kind of haunted by mm-hmm, yeah by so, my depression and my anxiety. Same. So I'm kind of constantly yeah. there. Um, yeah. Most of it and filming mm-hmm. help. So I kind of, yeah. I feel like the biggest thing is I, I kind of entered film not out of just love, but it was necessity. I feel like I need, if I hadn't done it, um, I'd be a, a very different person to who I am right now, and I'd really be struggling with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're articulating a lot of the things that I've been thinking over the years because um, whenever I was like upset, depressed, anxious, I would always end up turning on film basically um i would always end up looking for my comfort films and sitting in bed and that that was the only thing that kind of helped me through that time um and so just hearing you know other people feel the same way especially because i think we're around the same age as well we all are the same age um and you guys are different babies (laughs) yeah <laughs> no, she's only a few months. Oh my god, she's only a few months. <laughs> my birthday hasn't come yet, she's a year older. My birthday hasn't come either, Nico, but I don't wanna I don't wanna say that to myself. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> so sad. Because that even people I'm at with like at uni, they're all turning twenty and I'm not even like nineteen yet and I'm like mm. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. Um, most a lot of the people that I work with, including some people that have actually worked for me, are in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my last three big client shoots have been with 30-year-olds and 30-plus-year-olds. So it's really strange because I'm kind of with crew that are much older than me and I'm interacting with. <laughs> and I'm the only one that kind of works with the client directly. And it's um, mm-hmm. someone twice my age sometimes. But, you know, like, now that you've said that as well, like, I just wanted to ask, because obviously when you're dealing with something like anxiety, so, like, when I have my social anxiety bubble up, it's really hard for me to even kind of get that out of my head that somebody's going to think something about me, or, you know, et cetera. Um, but when you're dealing with so many people on a daily basis, you know, with the nature of how film is, any single film set, um, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you cope with it? Um, I think it's been a matter of been learning curve. I think when I first started, it was very much social anxiety, um, mm-hmm. just my own insecurities. And now I don't think it is. I do still get quite self-conscious but I think I kind of lose myself in the world of film now 
I think I'm also conscious about my work and the finished product, which I don't think are good enough at all. I really do think they need to be improved, especially when I compare myself to people at my level of love who are amazingly talented and I don't think I'm that good. But I think even though it doesn't come from being around people, it comes from comparing myself to other people in film, which I kind of have harnessed and I use it to push myself to be better every time I make a film. And I don't think it's good enough. I look at someone who I wanted to be like, even someone at my level. Um, but yeah, in answer to your question about dealing with anxiety in large sets, um, it hasn't been as much of an issue to me recently. It was back in year 10, 11, social anxiety was a huge thing. Um, and again, film was a release. And then in year 10, I met a girl that I dated for a year and a half, traditional soft <laughs> story. Um, nothing came from it. Um, gave her a promise ring. Um, turned into be turned into toxic people. But, um, that sounds like the opposite of my story apart from the toxic bit but yeah go on yeah no i think um but being with her kind of allowed me to accept myself a lot more and you know while i still have my depression and anxiety and they still plague me a lot i think learning to be around someone so closely and so kind of in such an emotionally intimate way not physically emotionally kind of where you can trust someone completely um that Kind of once you've done that, that level, I feel as if it doesn't matter what I'm like around other people, which is why I'm so open around others because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm comfortable there because I've been mm-hmm. to that level with someone so important to me. Um, and also my business partner now, um, is this, yeah, my business partner now, my best friend in the world, really helps me on the set and I panic. She'll be the first one to pull people away. She literally has a mental health briefing for every single set we go on. Genuinely, one of the strongest women I've ever met. So that's so sweet. Get over the anxiety of being on set. I think it's all about people you work with. And for me, I've been blessed to have two amazingly strong women at both mm. stages of my film career. One in the amateur stage, and one in the professional phase. Who kind of kept me going. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Cool. <laughs> no, no, no. You go on, go on. No, I'm really glad that Kathy brought that up because um, I'll be, I'm like the sort of person who like, I'll literally turn stuff down because I'll be like, no, I can't do it. Like, yeah. cause it's like that sort of imposter, imposter syndrome sort of thing where I like tell myself yeah. that like right. someone better like needs it. <laughs> we all do that, which is why, so even I do that, there'll be a lot of jobs I don't apply for. What I've started doing is that's why I've got such big ego. Um, mm-hmm. it's, all a, it's all a trick because if I act like I've got an ego around other people, and this is a tip that anybody out there I feel like you should take it will force you to pick yourself up you act if you've got an ego eventually you'll develop one and you'll think you'll mm-hmm. pick up any job you apply for and you'll apply mm-hmm. I've had to make it though, because I was applying to jobs that I just wasn't qualified for like hey you need a driving license you're driving up to Leeds and I was like I'll get a train and we're good enough I'm good enough <laughs> I wasn't so um, I didn't get it and I think I've kind of had to learn to rein it in but my biggest mm-hmm. thing advice would always be pretend you're better than you are in your head yeah. Yeah, you will never get that imposter syndrome. You will, whenever you get it, you'll just go, "No, I am good at what I do." You know, we're you mm-hmm. guys are nineteen and eighteen. And I'm eighteen. We are ahead of where we should be for our age. Yeah, and I still have in my head every day that I'm behind where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, I will apply for any job because I know that I am. And it sounds cocky. I am better than a large majority of people my age. Mm-hmm. So not in at life, like at because. <laughs> Yeah. There are a lot of people my age who want to be in film and don't do anything about it. And I have been working mm. with them for four years. No, yeah. So I feel like there's this massive like pressure or this thing. It's like people will be like 22 and they feel like they're running out of time. And I feel like, I know I'm only like 19, but I still feel like that. I always feel like, oh, even God. though I've definitely achieved a lot and I'm definitely in a good position to do what I want to do, 
I'll sit there and be like, no, like you're running out of time. Pick mm. it up. Like, mm. <laughs> no, I mean, I get that every single day. Literally this yeah. morning, I, um, I submitted my last ever deadline to school and I was having a panic attack because now I'm entering the world of work. Mm-hmm. And I've had it on my mind for the last kind of six months. What am I going to do next? Yeah. Um, I booked flights. I booked flight to Dubai. So that's what I did next. Um, no, like even like with me going to uni, I just kind of feel like all the time, like, am I wasting my life? And it's just something that eats me up like every single day that yeah. I'm not getting anywhere. Um, and obviously the pandemic didn't help that, and me being stuck in a different country didn't help that. Um, but it's like it's something we've spoken about in our other guest episode as well, like perfectionism. Um, so Cody and I were pretty much the same in that way. Like we mm-hmm. both have this thing that if it's not perfect, we end up basically it circulates in our head a lot. Like that's not right. That's not good enough. Don't do it. Don't do it. And so as mm-hmm. as different as I am to Cody in the way that I'm very socially unaware, that I'll just say anything that comes to my head. And I had it though. <laughs> I just talk you know I talk too much um but at the same time when it comes to myself and believing in myself oh, oh that, it's not bad <laughs> so it, it, yeah I think it's just a very hard age to be at but obviously you're doing so much and just that thing that you've got for yourself just to be like who cares I think that's so important especially in the nature of this industry because I feel like if you don't have that you end up always holding yourself back because you're like, okay, I won't get the role. People are more talented than me. But yeah. what if you had applied for that role? Like, so even me, I didn't want my, I didn't, I never wanted to do the traditional route of uni in the sense that, like, like I did at one point because I was thinking, okay, let me go into psychology and law as a backup. My thing was always a backup. I never wanted to do, you know, um, and then I love, cards. Yeah. Mm. And um, I always knew I wanted to do film, but it, I, I never wanted to study it that was my thing I never wanted to study it and then it got to the point where I'm like okay I want to go to drama school and then I'm like no you can't do that (laughs) I could have but I didn't and then I wanted to go uni abroad and I'm like you can't do that (laughs) again I missed out on the opportunity so it just kind of sits on your head that like what if what if what if and I think you not being stuck on that loop is such a learning curve in itself hearing you speak about it um just anybody hearing you I think I hope they feel the same way because you know just hearing someone yeah just go ahead and progress in their lives and seeing you as someone I know at the same age as me progress and do so much with their life it makes me want to be a better person like Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> wow. it, it, right. yeah i'm putting it down on my linkedin makes <laughs> no i mean like look it is easy to fall back into that trap and i do it all the time especially when i'm overwhelmed and when i'm stressed which is why mm-hmm. i'm still learning to not overbook myself like right now i'm triple booked for the next three mm-hmm. four days um that's not an exaggeration i have three different jobs tomorrow mm-hmm. and day after um and i've had to cancel two of them today you're insane though you are insane um and you know it I'm still learning not to overbook myself and not to overestimate myself but I think I think it's easy to kind of fall back into the trap of that imposter syndrome and I think when it gets mm-hmm. overwhelmed I still do but to be fair you're both being you're both being amazingly hard on yourself like it's ridiculous mm-hmm. um there's just to be clear there's this for the audience there's this um fund and teaching group for 16 to 18 year olds that runs in England that are all across the country and one of them takes place at Pineland Studios. And there are a lot of people that were killed for it. I go to, a, or I went to quite a good film school, I like to think. 
And there are some amazingly talented filmmakers there, people that, you know, just it's overwhelming how good they are. And they wanted to get on Tom and Evan you out, um, no matter how good they are, because it's also about how you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And not only has Kiara have Cody both been on it at this age, they both taught it over the last year. Kiara, you've taught it while working remotely from India. So <laughs> if you help some credit, you've pulled off a fair bit considering the limitations of COVID. I think <laughs> Thank you. I, to me because my social media I put everything out there my social media is a fraction of the work that I do and I think it's a fraction that I think is good and I put a lot of posts there that will fall apart because of the lack of organisation I'm still learning every day but people assume mm-hmm. I do more work than I do because of the persona that I conduct to be honest so don't well, I don't think it that. is that I think again this again might just be my own opinion but like every time I talk to Cody about you and Cody's like Nico's doing something new and I'm like <laughs> Nico's doing something new and you know it's it's not a comparison because I feel really proud of you I'm like <laughs> wow he's doing something new but it's more like like how am I ever gonna get to that point where I'm doing something um yeah I mean I just I just hate sitting still I hate doing nothing uh, mm-hmm. because I get when you do nothing you get like my demons tend to come back and my own thing. same yeah and one of the worst mistakes I made, um, but also sounded the best, is I don't do therapy anymore. I just keep myself insanely busy. Except when I mm-hmm. do get time to myself, I just pass out and fall asleep, which means I never have time to think and actually... I mean, it's a bit unhealthy. I could take my own personal experience. It's why I work yeah. so much. Because if I don't work, I have to think. And I don't like thinking. Oh, me neither, babes. Me neither. <laughs> I'm yeah, struggling. Yeah, like, for you, it's not much of a choice yeah i like i am struggling out here no 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 it's not it's not it's true because like i'm literally struggling out here because i i can't do anything like even uni's finished now and i'm just sitting here like what do i do so basically over the last few days i've been catching up on lucifer lucifer season 5b came out if i didn't have that I don't like it, 5B. Don't. I mean, I have. I'm on the last episode. I'm on the last episode, but like, I won't spoil it and I won't discuss my thoughts with you. But I think the script for the no. season really lacking. Mm, I didn't like the fact that they killed Dan off. That did make me a bit. Mm. Wow, you've just given spoilers to your entire audience. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I might cut it out. I try to but... avoid spoilers. Oh no, I love giving spoilers and I love hearing spoilers. I'm the worst. Uh, that actually is the worst. <laughs> the last ep- the last episode is amazing. The last episode is true. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm looking what forward you, to it. What you think is going to happen does happen though. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm quite sad that they cancelled it. But yeah, apart from that, um, that is basically the only thing keeping me sane at the moment. Um, if I did not have anything to watch, and do you know what the worst part is as well? I know after this, I'm going to end up going back to Gossip Girl. I just yeah, know yeah. I'm going to end up. I mean, it's not. A, it's not a good show. It's toxic. It's so toxic. I watch those shows that aren't good. I'm currently watching How I Met Your Mother for the third. <laughs> My favorite show. My favorite show. I love show. How I Met Your Mother, but it's it's. Mm. I probably shouldn't spend as much time watching it as I do. I should probably move mm. to you know. I still, I've still never seen Stranger Things. I think it's worth it. Oh my god! You, sh- you need I to gave watch up on Stranger Things because no, because I'll season four, season wait, was it no season three? Um, actually, I can't really. Do, I'm not going to give spoilers or anything, but it's yeah, honestly I amazing. Seen one episode, one Cody. I've never actually played a minute of Stranger Things. You should. You it should. It gets boring. 
no. boring on season three. Yeah. Season I, three is the end. I have, they're, no, making season season, two. they're making season four. Yeah, season two, season two. Season three is pretty good, I think. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, but I do like it. I hate the end. I hate when shows end, so I have a lot of shows that I've kind of have half finished. Because A, they're not with mm-hmm. the platform and they refuse to pirate shows, but also because I don't I don't like the ending of shows. It's always, the last season is always terrible. Yeah. The other one that's just come out that is amazing is it's a Norwegian show, I think, uh, mm-hmm. called Ragnarok. Ragnarok. <gasps> oh, yeah. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Um, to be honest, I do... I do think European shows are better than mainstream American or English shows. I can't lie to you. <laughs> no, I'm do you know how many times Nico said that to me over the last two years? I probably could not even count it on one hand. On two oh hands. My God. <laughs> no, because I don't know if anybody remembers the scam phase. Like I went through a full scam phase where I was watching scam every single day. Like I don't oh, think there's been right. a point. I I don't know what scam is. I fully thought you meant like you were you were catfishing people like running the- <laughs> no, no no i don't know what that I is either. genuinely thought that for a second you guys don't know what scam is no i don't know it was like, it's a norwegian show and it's kind of like skins but like more of a pg version but it's really good like really really good and i just remember like there was this whole phase in like 2016 i want to say 2016 2017 where it like blew up and so they remade it all over europe in different languages and different costs and then it went over to America and obviously America killed it. <laughs> Not in a good way. Oh, Not that's like way. um Ameri- they wanna do um they wanna do an American um this country. Yeah. yeah. The BBC show and I just think no. That'd be bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I do think European shows just generally have more flow to them. I do enjoy them quite a lot. If yeah. I want to take a break from like watching the same shit over and over and over mm-hmm. again, because I feel like English speaking shows can get quite repetitive a lot of the time because they know what works for mainstream audiences. So like Netflix, I love departing from Netflix because I don't want to watch the same thing over and over again, you know, and it's not good. It's just not good most of the time. No. I mean, there are some genuinely amazing shows. Have you guys seen yes. uh, the Netflix show Lupin? No. No. Sorry, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. My mum's. I think it's Lupin. Uh, Lupin. I don't know. It's Arce, but it's they always say Arce Lupin. So Lupin. Okay. Yeah, Lupin. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. I, I don't know how it's pronounced with the name, but um, Lupin, as you say. So it's it's about kind of it's a modern day retelling of the old uh stories of the French gentleman thief, and it's Ooh. genuinely really good. There's one season out on Netflix, and I I really enjoyed it. My mum and I. Both my brother said it was really good. Yeah. I mean, it's really yeah. fun show that I could watch my family uh, that we actually all enjoy, uh, both artistically and sort of dramatically. And mm-hmm. my mum watches trash. Um, <laughs> as do I, but different. So do I. So, like, everyone mom, has their guilty Mexican, pleasures. My mum watches Mexican telenovelas. So, <gasps> Love that. Love um, that. And my dad watches Cory. So, <laughs> EastEnders is better. Where tastes really line up. EastEnders is better. Yeah, I. I, I I could neither confirm or deny that. I, I, yeah, I don't. No, so I, I could. Carmen soaps, they seem amazing, but I'm quite I could not care less about EastEnders or anything like that. Like, I've, I just. I haven't watched it in years, but I like, just find I them, I find them very cheesy. If, like, I feel like EastEnders, mate, like, and Corey, how much stuff can honestly go wrong in someone's life? Like, uh, yeah. 
I know. You've got Hollyoaks, neighbours. Basically, that is basically what's going on. Breaking up every two seconds, getting back together, someone's killing someone else. Oh, oof. You guys don't remember when Bradley fell off the roof after he found out Stacy was cheating on Max and was pregnant with his baby and Max with his brother? No. You know what? That means nothing to me. And then, like, it doesn't... So, oh, we were thinking, to move away from all the heavy talk, right. we would get into our second game, which obviously you That's don't know what it is. We have not told you what our second game is. Yeah, it sounds like before I go into talking about my heartbreak and how it motivated me to feel like, yeah, please. Like, <laughs> me, and you can, me and you can literally cry together in the next bit and be like, oh my God, just get into a game that we have not told Nico about. So Nico's probably going to be really confused because we all know we're terrible at this game. You would have figured that out. Well, I feel like if you guys... If you guys remember last week's episode... It was, it was the teen dystopia episode. This this game Oh yeah, it wasn't last week's. Anyway. Um this game it didn't it didn't go too well. But it's just me and Cody laughing for a straight five minutes. We'll try again and we'll see. See if Nico can fix it. <laughs> He's the piece that's missing of the puzzle. <laughs> the glue. <laughs> I've that before many, many times, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what I am. <laughs> okay. Okay, Nico, and we're going to try and explain this to you in a way that's not too complicated because that's what I do when make things complicated. Okay. We are going to play word association between me and Cody. Okay. But. Well, just the two of you. Yeah, but this is where you come in. You will have to produce whatever we make. Sorry, you want me to actually make the film? <laughs> no. Wait, I'm confused by that definition. Oh, what, what? you like to talk about what I would do as a producer? Yes. Right. Gotcha. There we that go. sounds fun. Right. There you go. Okay. Sounds, do I get to like stop you when it gets to something I can actually make? Yeah, oh, we'll give yeah. you that. We'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Just okay, include you in the right, game like that. Give you the first word as well. Do I give you the first word? No. <laughs> Great. Who gives the first no. word? Hang on, can I, can I not come up with the first word? But like, I'll make it something hard. Oh, fine. Yeah, you can, you can have the first word. I want to get involved. All right. Vacuum cleaner. Isn't that two words? Vacuum. Uber, like, just take whatever one. <laughs> I'll just try to catch him out. Um, oh, my... Going first. Mm-hmm. Uber. Um, okay, can't say that. Um, dirt. Birds? Dirt. Oh, I have birds. I was like, where? Concerning <laughs> Kelsey, get your hearing checked. <laughs> oh my god, that was not on script, Cody. I was thinking carpet. Right, okay. Um, Come on, work with it. Hoover, dirt, air. Air? Okay. Um, what was it? Wind. Blowing. <laughs> Leaves. Green. Grass. Tree. Oxygen. 
Night. Why am I saying nitrogen? I meant atmosphere. Wait, we've made it so hard for Nico. It's okay. He deserves it. You want me to come up with a story around that? Yeah. Go on. Before it gets too too crazy. Right. We got to the atmosphere. Um, right, so, I mean, first and foremost, I'd like to practice this thing. I'm still a student. I've actually only just finished school. My second year, third year. We believe in you. We um, believe in you. I'm, come I'm, on. I think I've got, I've got, I'd like to think I've got some skills, but um, we'll come, we'll revisit, revisit in five, six years, and I've got actual shorts under my belt that aren't just a few friends mucking around. I've got, you know, some iron. But we've got, well, we've got, no, no, no. When, when we're at the Oscars, when all three of us are at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so ten years after my first one, you guys are all fine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I like being cocky now. I'm getting back into that bit of it. Um, no, uh, right. So I'll come up with the story. So it was vacuum, dirt, air, oxygen, atmosphere, tree, green, leaf, wasn't it? Mm. I think atmosphere was the last one, but yes, you got all the words right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> <gasps> wow, look at him. So if we're making it a short, I think right now something that's you know obviously it's a few years after extinction rebellion and now that we're leaving covid covid times i think the atmosphere kind of hasn't been on people's minds as much recently it should have been however the environment is still something that's going to be constantly on people's minds and i think it will be returning in the next year maybe i'm wrong but i think you know a couple of years ago the big session just caused the environment beautiful that was mental health now it's covid and the pandemic and mental health again i think we'll see we'll see what comes next but i think the environment is something that we need to focus on a lot so i think making I feel like the environment could be good. I also think animations and sort of those heartwarming animations and tales have quite a market right now. It's more short. Mm-hmm. Something for NFTS just got nominated for a student BAFTA. It's a really good film. Um, and there's also, and the, you know, you see a lot of them in school as well, kind of shown all the time. See the music videos, those sort of heartwarming animations. And there's also more adult sort of children's animation like Rick and Morty and stuff that are kind of I've got a huge market too so I think maybe an animated story about a hoover that learns to consume less power no but learns about its impact on the environment and so it tries to teach itself to consume less power so it can help save its friend a tree very nice very Aww. creative the environment, I, guess. I did not expect that you need to make it before that. Pixar does yeah, you're yeah. gonna copy your ideas. You know what? It could fit in quite well on Disney Plus with all those like sporky ones. Yeah, true. That's quite impressive. I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, me neither. I would have just been sat like, there. oh, like. <laughs> now, do I need to talk about how I'm going to produce it, or do I just talk about like the idea? Yeah, I think I think you know. Go on, talk about how you're going to produce it. I actually don't know. I don't know any animators. Um, so first up, probably a pitch it to Disney Plus. I think it's got a cool market on Disney Plus. That sort of thing Disney's trying to do with social justice. I think it could also work at a new creatives or a public film fund, sort of because it's got that social cause. However, I think because of the cost of making animations um, and you know the sheer man hours, the cost being primarily payment, I'd probably do it as a collaboration with someone who's a skilled animator rather than mm-hmm. paying someone because the budget I can raise, I need to work with someone who's. An animator as a collaboration, unless it got funding from a large source like a Disney or something bought the idea. Um, so I think after the script's written, I'd probably try and work with perhaps a director or, or an animator and make it from scratch. I think the first thing is attaching a cinematographer who I think could give it that slightly more adult touch. I think while it's meant to feel like a kid's thing, making it feel like both adults and children with that sort of technical adeptness 
that technical dexterity. I think having it, you know, being a sort of heartwarming whimsical, giving it that heartwarming whimsical feel, while you know, still looking very cinematic and having some quite adult themes in there thrown in, rather than just making it friendship, save the environment, giving it some actual adult themes like loss and I don't know, maybe the tree dies or something like that, um, and it's about suffering. Um, giving it adult themes and giving it an adult a very experienced dramatic cinematographer could perhaps make it appeal more to adults i don't know i really don't know much mm-hmm. this sort of project i'd probably end up talking to someone i know who's produced animation i actually have a couple of books who produced animation he's produced animation for and he's very talented so i'd probably call him up and ask him how to make it which tends to be a process of doing something along the ask when he's done it how they did it and i'll try and figure out a way to do it that way under my limitations which is kind of what i'm doing right now with my upcoming shorts i'm kind of trying to figure out how to do it on my budget um, I feel like that's the first thing I do know, but off the top of my head, I'd say that would be a potential route. I don't know. Very nice. Very nice. I want to see it made. I want to see that made. Very detailed. Give me I would have. I'll make it for you. Pardon? Give me twenty grand and I'll make it for you. I'll I don't. It's a done. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. I have like. Yeah, me and my part-time yeah. job will, will fork that money yeah, that yeah, I yeah. definitely have. I have zero yeah. pounds. I have zero pounds. Monica, but I'll record it with proper money. All <laughs> the stick fingers, um, coloured in faces. You know, I'll do it all myself, and I'll. Brilliant idea. <laughs> Brilliant idea. <laughs> that was nice, though. It was a nice little break, a little bit, and you now also got a bit of like... about depression. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like it gave us a bit of like insight into like general you from one and how you work job which is trying to figure out a market i mean yeah obviously like your job but i feel like just you in general like just giving you an, like an insight into your brain how you work very fast on your feet you know what yeah, i mean and like, that's mm-hmm. what i want to do because i've worked in production because mm-hmm. most of what i'm doing right now while i've got a lot of shorts that i'm thinking of and that i'm currently sending off to funders that's actually last part of my job right now i'm sending shorts off to funders because i'm about to produce my first ever shorts as mm-hmm. a graduate at least rather than just writing the student film a lot of what I do is applying work. It's kind of coming up with stuff on the spot. I think one question we did forget to ask is quite a crucial question. How did you know out of everything that you wanted to be a producer? I don't. Hmm. I don't. Oh, I, I thought you did. I, actually, I do want to be a producer, but I still direct. I direct all the corporate work my company does, all the music videos we do, but we can't afford to direct our videos. Um, and I really enjoy directing. I love it. Um, and I love coming up with ideas for stuff. But I think I found like it's not the ideas and work to produce and help people make them. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try directing my second short as a director later on this year. I've got an idea in mind. I've actually got two ideas in mind. Well, I've got a dozen ideas. I've got two ideas in mind that I'm currently producing that I'm currently writing scripts for as well, rather than just leaving them as crisp treatments. Mm-hmm. I tend to make treatments, each sheets, then scripts. And I've got two ideas that I'm writing that I've got scripts ready for right now that I'm going to make. One sort of a two minute mucker of my mates, and the other one is a big budget that I want like 20 grand for to make, um, which is a lot of estimate for production costs. So, I don't know. I love directing. Sorry, I keep getting caught up in the topic, topic there. That's my ADHD. I love directing, and I still shoot a lot of student films. I got dragged away to crew two weeks ago to gimbal operate, um, because that was actually how I made my money before I went to film school. I made my money as a gimbal operator. So I was dragged up to Crude's Gimbal Operate on my Black Magic Pocket and my Zion. Um, I've been currently a, a running gun club documentary, very poetic with a student from university. 
and a documentarian from The Guardian. Um, so I was called over to do that. So I still enjoy camera printing and I've DOP'd as well, actually really recently I DOP'd on a couple of student films and sort of uni student level on camera assisting and all for them. But then, so I guess nothing really kind of, I still don't know if I want to produce full time. I know I'm, I, I'd like to think I'm pretty good at producing decent production and mm-hmm. it's the only role I've seen where I can actually do everything I love at once. Um, I love looking at how to sell stuff, how to market stuff, the actual, like, coming up with the original idea, but then the helping people to make it. I love problem solving constantly. I love thinking my feet and producing stuff. That's the perfect job for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've fallen into producing, and I'm kind of right now I'm working with a lot of people in pre-production and development, and I love that. I, I'm loving development, but I know that when I'm on set, everything melts away. And when I'm on set, I have a tendency to try and take control, so I want to direct and set. Mm-hmm. So you never know. I guess I kind of I fell into producing because... I fell into it. I wasn't any good at the stuff I loved doing and I found producing and I was good at it and then I fell in love with it and, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world now. That's what I do every day. I guess you could always, like, direct and be, like, an executive producer, right? Exactly. That makes it sound, though, as if I don't like producing if it was just my second choice. It was not. I just, I started mm-hmm. as a director then I moved into camera work because of videography and all. Mm-hmm. And now I still direct but I've been born into, I fell into producing and, the actual producing, like line producing, coming up with budgets, solving problems, like set producing as well as just regular producing. So sort of coming up with problems on the day, sorting it out, raising money, working for directors throughout, which is more sort of a production and development based role where you're actually helping come up with ideas. That just fascinates me. And I kind of fell into it and now I love it. And I prefer it mm-hmm. anything else I've done. But yeah. But I think it's nice. Yeah. Like one thing we've consistently found in like our industry episodes is that most things that happen happen by accident. Like, exactly. yeah, I don't know anyone who like got into the industry wanting to be a producer. They all get mm-hmm. in. I know people at my level now who are but people like my mentors. Oh, I've got three or four mentors that are all producers, and every single one of them started off in camera, wanting to be a director, and then they moved into producing, and they fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really ironic because I don't think producing is spoken about enough beyond you know money and accept producing, but in reality, producing is so much more. You do work, with yeah. People, you work with budgets. You work with everyone. You, this, this, the, the film is a director, but the production is your, the people are your stars. You know? mm. so, like, um, even, yeah, one thing we found as well, like, we're talking about, like, hate versus hard work. Uh, and, like, if really, in a way, if the stars are not aligned for you <laughs> in an astrological yeah. way, um, then. I don't understand. No matter how hard you work, I guess you'll always kind of be working like you like that's the wrong way to say it but like you you can work your entire life you could be working 24 7 your entire life and be like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this but that is obviously a part that helps you get to a further stage it's not necessarily the part that gets you to where other people would be number one or like the oscars yeah, right like Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Tar- Tarantino everyone loves him like everyone loves his directing style and I would say yeah because it's unique you know but like he's only done a certain amount of films and so something had to help him get there and I do believe that his fate was his biggest support in a way but also the people he knew the Tarantino dropped out of school at the age of 15 yeah exactly mm-hmm. there's actually a document of IQ and apparently he's got one behind like you know, you've got to think he's like yeah I heard um, that that's insane learned his way around films from just watching them. I think that's something I've always admired. 
Like, yeah, because I'm pretty sure. Like, well, I want to watch more film. I learned film Same. studying it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like, um, I'm pretty sure he worked as a per- like the person who sold oh, sold videos. Um, uh, at one yeah, point, he also works as an usher at a theatre. I know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah. you know how everyone has their own path. Obviously, it, it, I mean, it sucks sometimes when you want to reach the top. I feel like if it's also for the wrong reasons. Then what's the point of reaching the top? Well, I think my reasons go to the top are the wrong reasons, to be fair. Um, but for some, some good reasons. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Nightmare cutting down. Just, just yeah, no, I just want to... <laughs> no, because I just want to talk about, like, your business. That's also, like, cool to say, like, your business. <laughs> yeah, it is. I like being able to say I, I'm I'm 18 years old and I'm a CEO. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not a CEO. Yeah, you technically are though. You technically I'm, are. I'm not, com- I'm not the company CEO neither as Ash. Because if I called myself CEO, uh-huh. she'd kill me. Because I always <laughs> I'm a boss. She would she would slaughter me. Um, <laughs> like, literally, the amount of I was on a call with actors this week, and I went, "Yeah, you've all spoken to Ash. Sorry, I haven't been available. I've been working on my school project. I'm Ash's boss, and I introduced <laughs> myself as that to like a number of clients. She always gets really annoyed." Brilliant. Okay, can you call yourself the CEO, COO and then call her the CEO? I'd say she's the COO. I don't think I'm the CEO. Maybe one day when mm-hmm. we start finding more clients and bringing in more business. Because right now, all the company is kind of a shell to put package our own films and our own work we're already doing. Kind of a way to make it more official and a learning experience to learn about what the world is actually like. But I'd say she's the COO because without her, the company wouldn't keep taking over. It wouldn't mm-hmm. operate, nothing would function. And I'd say I'm the one that I'd like to think. I mean, we both kind of do both roles, I guess. I do help us over and she helps us grow. But I think the large part of my role is kind of helping us grow, helping us expand, bringing in a bit of vision and a little bit of madness. But I think without Ash, it does fall apart. Um, it, doesn't mm-hmm. operate, it doesn't function. For example, I've taken six weeks off because I need to focus on school. I have my final yeah, yeah, yeah. and Ash has already graduated. And without, in those six weeks, if Ash hadn't been there, like, I'm not saying, like, you could say anybody, we needed someone to do that job, but if Ash specifically hadn't been there, the company wouldn't have functioned, but also I probably wouldn't have functioned. So mm-hmm. to cover not only me and keep me in check and keep my own, you know, thoughts and demons in check as well as her own, and then keep the company running is, you know, it's a massive leap. Um, so nothing to respect for her, I think. Um, so I think she's a real star of the company. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ramble. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no. Right. So to go back. I feel to- like I've yeah. met my male version at this point. This is literally, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to myself. You don't need to insult me that <laughs> oh, I mean, no, everyone loves me. But, oh, duh, um, <laughs> I think so. Talking about the company, um, so the company's in Tesoro Pictures. Um, the name is always something I get into when I talk about how we named it. Um, but yeah, we, we we make shorts, we make documentaries, we made quite a few music videos. There's a lot of what we do because music videos pay the bills. They pay the bills. <laughs> um, Especially short ones, because everybody wants a music video done. Editing work, we do events. We've currently got a contract with an event company to do some event work for them next year, but uh, and then do documentaries. Right now, a lot of what we're doing is working with students and student filmmakers to take their film from a bunch of friends mucking around in their garage to actually running it like a professional production to help people learn and kind of imparting a little bit of experience that I've gained from my mentors and then also teaching how to distribute maybe a little bit, which I'm still learning myself. Um, having them with insurance, kind of helping them source the kit, the resources, and the crew that they need to actually make that film. 
you know, take it up from just a bunch of friends mucking around. And while the end product may still not be good because we're not as heavily involved in, in that with some of the films we've done recently, I'd say the learning experience that we've got from each film that we do is very beneficial. Probably talking nonsense. Another portion of what we do, though, is we work with filmmakers who've got ideas, we help them develop their ideas into something that we'd want to watch, which is obviously something that, you know, we'll improve out over time because that can only come to time. But we help them mm-hmm. what they want to do, and then we currently, those are the ideas that we're submitting for funding on Monday, or probably just before Monday. Um, so yeah, if we work with filmmakers, kind of help them turn their ideas into realities, kind of help them raise funding and sort of running the producing and the day-to-day stuff of their ideas and helping them improve their ideas as well. Because I do a lot of development stuff and so does Action. And then we also help turn sort of students that just want to make a film, a muck that just want to make a muck around film. We help them get the resources and everything else they need to actually make it a professional production. Um, it's kind of a bit of production managing, a bit of corporate work and a bit of actual producing. Yeah. All the fun stuff. All the fun <laughs> stuff. But yeah, we're for pictures. Um, the name is, I love talking about the name for option. Um, must be a nightmare of a guest. Um, is I named the company after my love for film because I fell in love with a girl and she helped me stay sane when I fell in love with film. So I associate my love for film with my love for this girl. When I broke up with her, I named the company after kind of her and kind of my love for film. But, like, I mean, this is gonna be a weird question, but, like, do, do you ever, like, <laughs> like, think about it like like when you say the name do i did i try and do a victory lap um or did i try and do a re-repeat or do you just mean like in my head no i mean like yeah like in your head like when you like obviously you'd kind of name a company after her in a way right like well if it isn't at the same time i guess but i mean she she was the first girl i ever had feelings for she'll always be in my head and i mean i'm kind of old i wish do you know what? I probably can't relate. That's the, that's, this is the reason why I probably can't understand it because any single person no, who's been in my life. A lot of people think it was you, but I, I would genuinely agree. Um, but means more to me because SRO is. It, it's, I associate with my love of film first and foremost. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it did come from my love for this girl. But um, I would say that's long gone. Like, you know, that's, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Life is what mm-hmm. it is. And I think. It's a very positive outlook. It's a reminder of your mistakes. I think if you if you have heartbreak and if you have company named after your own heartbreak, it forces mm-hmm. you to take stock of your mistakes. Oh, I would just end up having a mental breakdown every single day. Oh yeah, like I'm sorry. This is like any of the stuff I've said today. I've revealed all my trauma, rambled on, and not answered any questions directly. I'm in a constant mental breakdown. We've just basically made Nico like have a therapy session. So. Nico, 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 Nico. Obviously, we've had a lot of fun with you here. Otherwise, we wouldn't have yeah, done this episode I, I, at I, all. Nobody <laughs> probably remembers any of what I do. So just because our pictures, look us up. That will summarise everything. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have any advice for, for our listeners, for people who want to be producers? Um, yeah. If you're listening to Cody and Piasi and myself oh. talk for two hours or however long this podcast is going to be in the end, it's been about a four-hour talk for us. Yeah. Um, get a life. <laughs> um, no, I don't want to listen to myself for two hours. I don't know. I want to listen to myself. I love myself. But... <laughs> no, I can't listen to myself. But I actually struggle editing these episodes. Yeah, I mean, Cody, 
<laughs> you've just basically drowned out by me. <laughs> yeah, I feel quite bad. <laughs> so, um, if anyone wants to go into film, I'll give you the same advice that I actually gave to the BFI Greenlight Awards, which is... If you're looking to go into film and you're not sure, don't. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not sure, and I don't mean your head's uncertain or your gut's leading you wrong because of anxiety, I don't mean that. I mean, if you're not sure, if your heart isn't leading you towards film, don't do it. It is immensely mm-hmm. hard work. Mm-hmm. At the lower level, it's 10 to 12 hour days without any money. At the high level, yeah. 10 to 12 hour days with crazy amounts of money, where there's mm-hmm. even more pressure, even more pressure. I haven't reached the high level yet. And for me, someone who, you know, coding Kelly is doing relatively well, I don't think I am. But even for me, it's 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 immensely daunting to think about how far I have left to go. Um, to be the best ever, which is the pressure I put on myself. And my heart had no doubt to it. Yes, I thought I wanted to be a barrister and a lawyer in my head, because I just say for careers, but my heart knew I wanted to be film. And even now I'm like I want to be a producer on my heart knows and it knows I want to work in film and I don't know about you and Cody and Chiati I don't know if you guys are in the same boat mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah your, your brain needs you straight is one thing but if your heart is leading you astray then yeah if you have those yeah. doubts heart you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to cope it's, it's mm-hmm. difficult it really is immensely difficult um, mm-hmm. immense amounts of pressure especially the young person there's something people really forget is that like how this industry is insanely competitive no matter what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's... Mm-hmm. And, it, and the thing is, if you want to do it, if you want to do it for your happiness, that's a different thing. If you're happy not being on the big screen, not having your name there, or just working, you know, in some proximity to it, exactly. then yeah, do it 100%. But if you are only doing it for the fame and recognition, no, yeah. don't. I don't think I could stand to not have my name on the big screen or involved in heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing film. That's because I'm amb- ambitious. If I was doing law or politics, I wouldn't be happy until I was, you know, at the top of my job. I'm doing film but have no other option. Not in the sense that there's no route out for me, there is a route out. But I'm doing film because if I didn't pursue it, if I hadn't pursued it when I did, I would have been a much worse person and also I'd be not ambitious. I chose film because there was literally no other reason it made sense. It was the only thing that felt right. Yeah. Well, that makes that makes sense. You know, like everything you said has made sense, and I hope that everyone's listened, whoever is listening, and that they've enjoyed the episode. Number one, first and foremost, mm-hmm. but number two, that they've learned a lot from you because I think like, you've had so much to say, and you've gone into depth with it as well, and you've really engaged. <laughs> um but yeah so thank you nico for everything thank you very much no um can i just plug so mm-hmm. if you want to follow me on instagram it's at underscore n dot ferrari ferrari like car which is my surname um not he'll be he'll be tagged in be everything tagged. also yeah please follow my company's instagram which is at tesoro picks p-i-c-s on that when this episode is released or within a week of this episode being released we will have a crowdfunder out for a short film that we really want to make as one of our graduate projects it's a short film exploring a young man who's just lost his loved one as he plays a life-changing game of poker with the various stages of grief mm-hmm. um we're trying to make this film we're trying to raise some attention for it so by the time this podcast goes out it'll be a week afterwards the 
crowdfund will be out there so if you like what i hear and you, you like the concept of the film please go check out the crowdfinder give some money give me a grand give me a quid you know give me whatever you can call <laughs> i won't pocket any of it it will all go straight back into the film and yeah so definitely. yeah and as always all the details including nico's details will be in the description below or you can find them on our instagram page or twitter you know wherever we're everywhere <laughs> you can't leave us behind you know what i'm gonna be generous as well um also because i need help if anyone on here is young so sort of 16 to 18 or even older than 18 but sort of i don't want to work around 16 just because national insurance issues um and once you get into film but has no clue where to start wants to talk about film schools wants to talk about budgeting and wants to talk about the world of indie film i can't much advice about features uh i feel free cody and kiatis put my email in the description as well and mm-hmm. that email will be there and please email that and if you need any help if you need any advice please come to me i'd love to offer something yeah thank you so much Nico. thank you and we're just gonna end the episode here with her bye <laughs> i didn't join in but <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>